everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Theory of Enchantment podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Valdry. In this episode, we sit down with Mair Kay, an American internet personality best known for his YouTube vlogs that have amassed over 350 million views, as well as his social media presence on platforms like Facebook and Instagram. In this interview, we discuss the very cool adventure Meirke has had in making his videos, following his passion, which is filmmaking. We also sat down with Meirke to discuss things like the ups and downs of popularity and how important it is to maintain mental health, self-care, and internal stability along the way. I hope you enjoy. Hey, hey, it's good to be here, Chloe. Thanks for having me. A beautiful day here at NYC, the place yes. to be. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the Theory of Enchantment podcast. Proud to be here. Love so it. I was like stalking you on YouTube this morning and watching a lot of your videos, oh. getting ready f- for this interview. And like I have to say, there are a lot of videos that you made that make me cry. And I was oh. like, man, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yes. <laughs> I was not expecting to have this morning of emotions and an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, well, so. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, I no, think. It's a good thing. It's yeah, good, good, cr- good tears, good healthy tears. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I started making videos on YouTube, um, I was really just like, it was a wild, wild west for me. I just came back from backpacking, and I just knew that I love filmmaking, and I love creating, sharing stories, but at the same time, I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go with it. Sure. Until that point, it was like, you can't do this. you got to do like a normal job. And oh, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. yo, I'm so like, I was in this hippie mindset. I'm going to go and... And so I just try to combine like the, what I love, which is my passion is filmmaking, creation, and being on the street, meeting people, but also like meaningful content, put that together. And so if someone walks away from a video, they're able to be entertained, but also maybe have some sort of emotional like urge to either laugh or cry or yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so cool to hear that actually came through. So, so what, I have two questions just from that uh, story. Number one, how did you make the decision to overcome your fear of not, being held to the standard of like the nine to five job, right? Mm. So that's like a, I feel like that's a social pressure. That's definitely like as a person who has a startup, that's definitely social pressure. Totally. Um, and number two, like, was there a tipping point after you came back from backpacking? Like, was that particular trip instrumental in you deciding, like, you know what, I gotta go for it. I gotta do this. Yeah, I think it, so. Absolutely, one and the same. Because I really, until that point, I my personality has always been like one to like sort of dance at both, like to like walk the thin line between um, like following the rules and the flow and, and swimming down the current, but also like mixing it up and trying to like do my own, like, you know, everybody's doing the backstroke, I'll do like, you know, freestyle. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But like, I was still flowing. I was still in, the, in that flow and that motion. Um, but during, during, towards the end of that whole segment of my life, where I, after getting my rabbinical degree in uh, Singapore, I decided to like set, to break free from that system and I went backpacking. And through that system of breaking free and going backpacking, I started having conversations with people, making friends out of a community that I grew up in, um, really expanding my mind, where I just thought like, oh yeah, I'll just go see the Taj Mahal and like, hike yeah. the Great Wall of China. Obviously, those were great, but it, the real magic took place like around the, like, the bonfires and hostels and just okay. meeting incredible people. And then when I came back home, I was like, okay, what do I do now? I just reflected on my time traveling. I realized, what are my conversations around like? And a lot of them were talking about my love, my passion around performance, around art, around creation, and around film. So I was like, wait a second, if I'm always talking about this, and people always, and of course everybody around those fires was like, yeah, man, go back, why don't you go back to the world, the default world, do yeah. it, dude. I was like, 
why the heck not? Like yeah. why? So I just so so yes, backpacking had a, a really big impact on like what I'm doing to today, and really gave me that clarity and that that confidence to go so for people it. People were like very encouraging for when you got back to the states, and were like, yeah, you should de definitely go for it. So when I came back, no. So on the <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely okay. not. Okay. I mean, yeah, some of my buddies, but like most of, no, most of the case, I wasn't. Like on the road, everybody's like, yeah, go for it. But when I came back and I started thinking about what to do. Um, a lot of my, some of my friends who came back and got stable jobs or even got married and had kids, they're like, Mary, you got to think about your future. Like, we love you, but like, yeah. do this. But yeah, you, of course, you can maybe do something on the side, but you know, maybe work for me in real estate or Amazon. Right, right, right. And that sort of talked to him because like they were feeding to some of my, like some of the things that I love. Like, Mary, you're great with people. You could be great with people and show them apartments and like make a lot of money. And I was like, oh, interesting. But I just knew it didn't really talk to me. So I saved up some cash that has some leftover from backpacking, so I figured, let me just, you know, do mess around with some videos. So I went on okay. the street, started creating videos with friends, and then, lucky enough, the first few, um, one of them hit, they got viral, some of them went viral, and that gave me the confidence. I'm like, hey, one second, I'm getting, I wasn't getting money, any revenue from that, but I was right. like, okay, there's, people are thirsty for this. There's something out there that could really easily start yeah. developing, so. In between the time, and I'm asking this within the context of, like, startup life, because that is a startup, and in a, like, as a philosophy, right? You started something up which was non-traditional. Yeah. Um, but also like in the context of art and culture, between the time you did your first video and between the time that you did your first video that went viral, how did you maintain like that same passion? Like were you at all distracted by the fact that maybe the first few videos didn't go viral, or were you just like doing it because you loved it so much, and so it really wasn't about the virality? Yeah, I think in a way sometimes going viral, like and having videos viral, sort of messes with your head and your okay. flow. Yeah. Um, because once you sort of taste that, it's it's like this like it could be a poison. It's it's, yeah. it's very sweet, but then it could turn really sour pretty quickly, and and that's you know where the mental uh, mental awareness really has to really kick in. And I got tested through that journey, but until that point. I really wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really gun ho I didn't know what viral was really about. This was like eight years ago, maybe, okay. no, maybe five, six years ago. So like, it was just, yeah, it was just passion. I wanted to just create stories, messing with friends, or just having fun. Yeah, I really, yeah. Just pure fun, like I love this idea, let's go out, my buddy had a cannon, we went and shot it. It wasn't really about setting up a shot, I didn't go to film school, there was no pressure okay. about like looking at numbers and refreshing, there was none of that. It was just like, yo, cool, put it out there, who saw it? Oh yeah, my buddy, you saw, oh yo, dude, I just saw your video, it was so funny. So it was just really casual, and then once things started picking up, it was still very, it was very exciting and very and interesting, but over time, it's sort of like that, I don't know if it's true or not, but the whole idea with like, you know, putting a frog in, a, in cold water and you start putting the, the oh, flame higher, higher, yeah. higher, you don't know what's actually happening until it's too hot. Right, right, right. Um, so, so too with this, it was like, cool, viral, virality hit, and one, one, viral, one video went viral, a second went viral, and I wasn't aware at that time of what was affecting. So there was a lot of pros, but also the cons, and not maintaining a healthy balance sort of fed into a, the next stage of where like, whoa, slowing down, okay. being aware, self-love, figuring out what that voice is, and then reattacking it on a more healthier platform. But earlier on, it was just awesome. So what was your, do you remember what your first video was about? My first ever like, viral video or the one that... No, the first one you ever Ever, did, ever yeah. created? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for sure. My first video I ever created was... Um, was I was I was in Israel at the time, and my sister was uh, turning bas mitzvah. She okay. was turning 12, and Jewish tradition, she was coming a woman. It was a whole big party, and I wasn't going to be there at the time. I was out in out in the Middle East, so um, so I create. I just had a 
video camera, I had a little like pointer shoot, and I just ran around the city, just like getting people to wish her like congratulations nice. and like dancing in the street. It was like a combination, a montage of wacky stuff. Yeah. Um, and put it together and post it on this website that you were able to share videos called at this YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> you may have heard of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I posted it there. I shared the link with my friends and family. And, and that was my first video. Um, and that was it. And um, I haven't seen it for actually a bunch of years until recently. My sister brought it up. Oh. But um, that was cool. <laughs> and then like, cool. yeah, then I made like, and then that was fun. And then I came back. I made a video for like, it was all like family reoriented. Like I've made a, f- a video of my, uh, of my parents' anniversary was coming up 25 years. So I made them a video like as we my siblings and I reenacted like their their dates and <laughs> so like cool. yeah so that was fun and like and just it was like really fun just like really amateur type of shoot filming but storytelling was fun and it was comedy and um and then eventually I started moving into like social experiment types and like okay. getting strangers involved and people I met on the street but yeah. it really started off as family friends point of shoot were you ever like nervous because here's the thing I'm an introvert right and so I would not necessarily be the type of person who would just like give random people high fives while they're waiting on taxis <laughs> to come, right? Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, when when you when it came to like experimental stuff and getting strangers involved, were you nervous at all, or are you just like a very vivacious people person that it just wasn't really an issue for you, or was it like a combination of both? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean I was conditioned growing up to be really. Uh, I mean, my personality is, is a people's person. I was out there and from a very young age um, in the system, in, in the yeshiva system, the, the system that. I grew up learning in and, and was developing in was always pushed me to be out there giving speeches, okay. um, interacting with people much older than me, giving classes. So um, I was never, I never really felt afraid of people. I did have like times where like, I guess now I would say social anxiety. I wasn't really aware of that. But for the most part, I loved, I got, I got enthusiasm. I got energy from being around people. I loved okay. performing and giving and sharing whatever I knew to a, to a group of people and whatnot. So Coming back home and, and high-fiving New Yorkers while I wait for cabs, um, which is still one of my favorite videos I've ever created, <laughs> that was, it was awesome. I, I was like, that was the very first video of you that I saw. That you saw? Yeah. yeah I yeah. think for most people it was. That was my, that was my first viral video. Okay. So <laughs> it got out there. I'm still known as a high-five guy amongst people. Like It's like, oh, dude. So that's fun. I'm so happy to be associated with that. But going out there that day, I didn't think twice about it. My buddy, who I went out with, he's like, Mayor, I knew you just came back from like, traveling the world, and everybody's lovey-dovey out there. But this is NYC. Someone's gonna punch you in the face, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah. watch out. And I'm like, nah, dude, it's gonna be great. It's like good intention and energy. Like, what are you talking yeah. about, man? Yeah. So and and think, thankfully that's actually took place. People really came, like, really were warm towards the idea. They even if they didn't crack, you know, give a smile or give me a high five or they left me hanging. There was a shift, and, and there was a there shift. Was like there a was something. I promise you, there was. Yeah. No. I really didn't get any negative feedback that day. Okay. So and so, but to answer your question, yeah, I really feel comfortable just jumping around and high fiving people. That's really cool. Do you have any advice that you would give to anyone who like doesn't feel comfortable doing that, but like wants to develop a certain level of comfort with that? Yeah, that's um, that's really great. I mean, and now I'm I, just uh, just for the record, like I'm not always like that. Like okay. I've. I've developed now, I've also realized I used to hide a, a lot behind that, like, you know, like force myself sometimes, which is maybe also a bit of a tip, but um, it's okay to, it's okay not to feel that way about yourself, about myself. Like, okay. if you're not in the mood or, or you're just like not in the zone, it's cool. You don't, don't like, don't be like, love yourself, be easy on yourself. But yeah, if you're, if you are someone that wants to like jump in front, be more um, comfortable in, in bigger, in bigger crowds and put yourself out there. I think it's really about just turning, like I, I like to use a three second rule, which is just like really 
jumping on it and going for it. Okay. Um, also, if I'm in a, uh, also if I'm let's say giving a speech, for example, or I'm interviewing somebody who's like you know I'm like inspires me, and I'm like wow, oh my god, I can't do this. I really just put the spotlight on that feeling. Or if I'm in the crowd, I'm like hey guys, by the way, I'm really nervous right now about yeah, yeah, talking yeah. in front of you guys, and I uh, just want to like you know, but it's really exciting for me and. And so that's by sharing the spotlight on that feeling, that emotion, it sort of, I find it, it find, sort of dissipates. Okay. As well as, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, I feel like that works. And, Just um, being like honest about the fact that you feel vulnerable right now. Yeah, 100%. Honest vulnerability. And, um, and I, I also just always reminding myself that, you know, if I'm, sta if I'm stepping and leading into a comfortable situation, I know I'm on the right track usually. Right, like, right. you know, if, and just, I just try to just do it and, um, and see what may come. Try not to control the situation. That's really cool. Um, I've noticed that in a lot of your videos, uh, a lot of the, I don't know if they're more recent, but they seem more recent that you highlight the importance of like focusing on people's dignity. So you've done a lot of videos where you've provided makeovers and even jobs to homeless people, um, providing also uh, homeless people with Super Bowl parties and things like that, which, which is really cool. I'm wondering like, was that focus at the beginning of like when you first got involved? And if not, how did that develop? Like where was the inspiration for that? How did, where did that come from? That's yeah. I I um talking about the Super Bowl um Super Super Bowl we call it the Super Soul Party. Yeah. Um, I actually developed we did it now this past year was the third year and I developed a nonprofit opened a nonprofit around that. Oh very cool. And our goal is actually to like ha host Super Soul parties in every state in America over the next couple of years to grow that for this 2020 this coming uh, Super Bowl. Or, um, my goal is to have a, a Super Bowl party in 20 states for 2020. Okay. So that's that's a big undertaking. It's been great, but. Initially, early on, I would say the general idea with High Five New York and like other the other earlier on videos was about human connection. It was about just like, yeah, it's fun. It was it's you know it's fun. You can laugh at it, but at the essence of it all, it was about bringing people together. Um, I just came back from traveling, and everybody was so warm, so open. And I came back to New York, and there's so many people, and you know many people could feel this way, connect with this. Like you feel in a place of so many, you can yeah. feel very alone and disconnected and all that. So I was like, okay, how can this be? So how can we bring people together? And so that was really the initial thing, bringing strangers together, you know, friends with strangers. But then over some time, um, over the, the videos, there was a lot of high energy and like just bomb, 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 DJ dance parties on the subway and jumping on the bed and all that kind of wackiness. Um, and then something, I guess, I, I just became more aware of what was going on in New York and just seeing between the cracks and you don't have to see too deep to see um, the lack of dignity and humanity that co takes place around the many homeless that, that are here in New York. Um, and so, um, I had conversations with people on the street. Um, I've, I've been, I wasn't necessarily volunteering within the homeless community, but I have been doing a lot with, um, with special needs and kids with disabilities. Um, and so I just, I just, I guess my mind was just open and being aware of like, you know, of, of different communities where perhaps it's not usually the norm or there's just stuff and stigma around it. So um, through conversations with, with strangers on the street who are experiencing homelessness, um, I just started interacting with them and trying to figure out what to do um, and how to help that. And so those types of videos, just, I, I collab with different people in different industries. Like maybe the makeover was uh, Daniel, Daniel Rubenstein, the dentist. There was Rich, the barber, and we got together. Like we just brought our expertise and like what they were good at, and came together to help somebody and just try to you know. And Bison and Bourbon were kind enough to like had a yeah. job opening, so there's something like that. And then the Super Bowl party, I was just it was just I guess a weirdness. Like I'm not a crazy Super Bowl fan. I'm not. A I love playing sports, but I'm not yeah. like I don't follow it. So for me, so my friends host a party, but I was like, wait a second. It just we're just being aware, right? Just like okay, 
Um, this is a time where people get together, friends, family, who doesn't have that, people experiencing homelessness, around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, around the holidays, there are organizations that are helping those who are experiencing homelessness with different you know, food sure. or gifts. But this, I felt like, was like an unofficial holiday. So I was like, okay, here's an opportunity to step in and like just try to help out somebody. So instead of going to my friends' parties, I just went on the street and like reached out to a friend of mine who had a rooftop bar, um, 235th Avenue, and he was like, cool, bring some people by. And, and so I hit the streets, invited people, and that sort of, and actually I wasn't planning to do it again. I thought that was a really cool, you know, it was an incredible evening. It's something I carry with, my, with me for the, rest, with the rest of, for the rest of my life. But then the next year came about, and people were like, hey, how can I volunteer for the Super Bowl party that you oh, did? Yeah. I was like, what? Oh my God, okay, this is a thing. So that sort of motivated me, like, okay, this is beyond me right now. This is something that could really have like, its own legs. And so that year we did it in New York and in LA, and now nice. it's just like really helping to develop, and it's, it's a new frontier for me, a nonprofit, and building a team, and, yeah, and you know, I'm usually and run stuff. and go, but yeah, <laughs> but it's like, you know, this is the idea of having an impact. So 20 cities, or 20 states you want to be in. That's, yeah, that's the goal. For 2020, which makes sense, because it's 2020. That's the uh, move, yeah, that's it, that's it. That's very, right. very cool. Yeah. Um, moving towards sort of like a, a question about craft. Do you prefer to be in front of the camera or behind the camera? Because I know there's some videos, videos you've done where you're not in front of the camera, but you produced it. So, like, what's your sweet spot? Mm. Yo, that's a good question. I, I got into make, creating videos because I want, because I love performing in them. So, growing up, I was told I can never be an actor. Like, I always okay. wanted to go. I've been trying. I wanted to go to film school, even. All that stuff. It was just never, the opportunity never, never came by. And um, so, I, so I was like, okay, if I never had those opportunities, let me create my own luck. So I just started creating videos so I'd be able to put myself in them. And that sort of played out to be social experiments, not short films. But then eventually I was like, wait a second, let me do, why not do short films? So you, overall, I actually enjoy being, in, being the actor or being in front of the camera. I enjoy it very much so. And, um, but at the same time, I've now, I've developed a love for behind the camera, mostly directing, less okay. producing. I've been I've been, you know, starting off you have to wear all the hats. Yeah. Um, but now as I'm you know I'm growing and, and learning more about what I do love and having the opportunity to not, to put on less hats and also realizing when you wear when you focus more on one role or two roles you're gonna get a lot more done quality wise. Sure. Um, I like to veer more into the acting part, into the directing part, more in the creative process. And then, like, bring on someone who's like, who really, I don't know why, and they think they're crazy, but they actually enjoy charts and scheduling yeah. and <laughs> price sheets. And, like, okay, you're the man, take this on, you yeah, know? And yeah, yeah. So, um, so less, less really producing and more uh, directing and acting. So, in the video that was about the jar and, like, wh what can fit into the jar and what those different things represent, how, how did you develop that idea? Like, where did that idea come from? So, that idea is, um, is you know, the saying goes, great artists steal. And um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, facts. So I that's not my that's not my idea. That's not my story. Um, it's I at that time was like that's the like, video like three years ago. Um, I still read a lot today, but I was also but at the time I was reading a lot of different types of you know self development books and just mm -hmm. parables and stories. I, I just uh, you know retain a lot of information through stories. I love that kind of stuff. Um, and so I, I just was coming across a lot of those types of, of stories. I was like, okay, let me, I didn't have films, I didn't go to film school, so like, let me just mess around with scripts that are already developed and bring them to life. Let me learn how to do this stuff. So my idea was just to take stories that I've come across that inspired me, that touched me, and moved me, and, and share that. Um, so um, I read that. I'm trying to remember where exactly where it was. I think it was like maybe um, the seven... The seven, like, what was it? Seven laws of highly effective people. Oh, the seven habits. 
Seven Habits, yeah. Um, and so I was like, wow, this is a great visual, a great story. It really breaks it down, short and sweet, especially, you know, social media. I want to keep it to, like, you know, two minutes or below. Yeah. And so that was it. So I had the storyline. So essentially, I, I just wrote it down into, like, a script form. Um, maybe mess around with some of those words and whatnot, but really that. And then I got lucky enough with the professor, and he turned it into his own crazy brand. Okay. Um, which <laughs> like we can talk after about. that video? Yeah. After, oh, so wow. he, yeah. So, I mean, so that's uh, Kim Emerson. He's a, such an incredible human being. Yeah. Um, and how I met him was a crazy story because I was looking for actors for previous videos two months before. And I was looking for a grandfather type for, with a grandchild. Long story short, I put on Anna Craigslist at the time. And... Um, and this woman reached out to me who's, who does a, she's a casting agent up in the Hudson Valley, a couple hours away. She saw my ad. She's like, oh, by the way, like, I had no budget at the time. Like, really, really, like, not much at all. She's like, you know what? I have this friend. Um, I can't, you know, my clientele, they need a you know, higher pay grade. But this guy, he, he loves acting. Um, he hasn't done much of it, but if you want to, you know, if he'll do it for me, we'll, you know, just for, for not much. So I was like, sure, why not? Um, no. And so he came down for that. Um, video. He was awesome. He had this look and he had this charisma and we connected on just off the camera as well. And then anyways, my, my, when, when it came to this professor, I needed to cast this professor. I put out another ad on Craigslist. You know, as people were coming in sending their resumes and headshots, but I was like, wait a second. I just recollect, you know, with Kim. So I reached out to Kim and he was super interested and he's also like just a really good, positive type of person and the, and the script really spoke to him. He's like, you know what? I'd love to do it again. I'd love to work with you, Mayor. So he came back down. He just you know, put together the, you know, the, his tie, his like one blazer that he had, and because uh, he's, he's actually a skydiving instructor. Really? Yeah. So actually, last summer we went skydiving together. It was amazing to yeah. like skydive with the professor. He was so awesome, um, and so, so incredible. So, but he came down. We did this video, and boom blew up. Well, it didn't actually blow up till a year later, so we oh. posted it on YouTube, and that got like a few hundred thousand views. Okay, nice, modest, great, people loved it. And then that, that, a couple years ago, I started reposting my videos on Facebook, and the algorithm back then was just fire. And now it's all okay. crazy, but back yeah. then it was like just anything you posted, they pushed. And um, that video like overnight pretty much got to like... When you posted on Facebook? Facebook. That was the tipping point. Yes. Okay. Two over like 260 million views. That's crazy. Yeah. And that was big. And then we created, we started creating more videos with this professor, like giving over lessons. And Kim was the guy. And Kim actually got a speaking gig in Nepal. Oh, wow. From the that. Yeah, from that. <laughs> and he was, he, he That's down to Nepal and spoke there. And like, so now he's actually taking a little break from the role, which, you know, it's just cool. He's, yeah, taking, yeah, yeah. he's retiring from the professor role, but it was such a blessing to work with him. And it's cool to see like, also like how other actors who I've brought on have gone. Like there was this young, um, young kid who uh, was the Twinkies with God video. Okay, yeah, um, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah and, he ended up, and he ended up being in a, in a film through that, because a casting director saw that film. Oh, wow. Uh, he ended up being in, uh, I think it's called The Second Act with uh, okay. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, he, <laughs> so that's... Uh, he really blew up. He really blew up. <laughs> Don't forget me. Don't forget me. That's really cool. Wait, I feel like there's a... Maybe it, maybe it wasn't... I feel like there is a fam another famous video of, like, Jennifer Lopez doing something with like, like someone gave her a menorah or something. A what? And she was like really into it. I may be making that up, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's a real cool. Thing. Yeah, so I believe it. I so believe check it. that out. <laughs> um, so, what would you say if you could like narrow it down? Are your top favorite three videos that you worked on? That I worked on, um, whew, um, that I'm proud of, that most video. I guess okay, I won't look too much into it. Um, 
I'm really, I mean, the the jar video, um, it, you know, it's it just has a lot of meaning behind it, um, and it's it's my most, you know, it's it's I would say when it comes to like the short film type videos, that's one of my favorites. Okay. But I really love, um, I really love the bed video, putting around the bed around New York City. Oh, and with the people, pillow fights. Yeah, the pillow fights and people yeah. jumping on it to be a kid again. Yeah. That was just like a fun. It's not my most popular video, but it just was. It was hard, hard work to put together and yeah. produce and get it done. But like, did it, you guys need like permits and stuff to put the bed on like the library steps or whatever? Chloe, it's better, better, better to ask forgiveness and permission. <laughs> you know. You did not get permits. No permits. You just oh, showed up we and just set a bed. Really, I rented a U-Haul. I took. We but. <laughs> My, my the night before, my buddy's like, um, by the way, like, how many people do you want to jump on this bed? I'm like, I don't know, maybe four to five people. Like, you know, you got to reinforce this. So I called them up. He came that night at 2 a.m., like, does, like, plywood, this butt, you know. It was super heavy. So I, I called up a bunch of other friends, and everybody just pretty much jumped in the back of U-Haul. My crew were in the back of U-Haul, like, swerving around the back as I drove around the streets of New York City. We would just show up to a spot. I had, like, four or five locations in mind. Okay. And we just rolled up, put it down. Jumped on it till the cops came or the or like the police of like the parks right. kicked us out. Pick it up. We'll move on. Oh just, my god. Yeah, just rugged <laughs> gorilla styling. You know, just like not even like yeah. So you did that in five different locations. We did that. Yeah, like we did it in Williamsburg and Dumbo in Times Square, Random Street in New York City. Was yeah. the shortest time in Times Square? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And that was amazing because like. It was the last location. Someone's going down. We, you know, and it happened to be Veterans Day that day. So okay. there, there were cops and f everywhere, yeah, and like, yeah. and they were doing construction at the time at Times Square. So like, it was just a mess. And we rolled up a U-Haul, like the most shadiest type of vehicle you can, in Times Square. Yeah, yeah. And like the <laughs> the moment true. we just rolled up, like we c I couldn't even leave, like get out of my door. Like four cops were around, hands on their rifles, like the like the heavy duty cops, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, are, and they're like, dude, you got to move this thing. I'm like, sir, you have no idea. He's like, you got to leave. So what I did is actually printed out a flyer. Part of this video was it was a sp it was to help bring awareness for a high lifeline an organization that helps kids with cancer and chronic illnesses. Their whole right. mission statement is to help kids be kids again. Okay. So the whole idea of the video was to help you know kids, aka kids at heart, adults be kids again by jumping in the bed. Yeah. And so you know, f for me it was like a child like pastime. Like I always did that. Broke my arm twice about it, but it was fun. So like, um, so I showed him this flyer. I'm like, hey, this is the reason why we're doing it. And the first cop was like, yo, okay, I gotta, I'll speak to my man. You know, speak to my boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that happened like four times. Then the captain came. Then the lieutenant came. I don't actually know the ranking how it works. Yeah, Maybe yeah. the opposite. But like, <laughs> until it finally came to the guy, he's like, okay, I'm calling the dude up and. I'm calling the guy up on top of Times Square. Yeah. He he deals with the permits and like permits go for like 30k for like five minutes. Oh my god! It's like crazy, right? Yeah, Times Square. Yeah. And first, by the grace of God, like the guy was like, you know what? You got five minutes. Five go. minutes. That's it. Five minutes. Go. <laughs> and like we just just took it. We dropped it that's right awesome. in the center. That's and like yeah, it was persistence. You know? Not giving up. I even get like goosebumps talking about it because like it was just like a really moment of like just showing like you know you show up, you're committed, you want to go, and we just and those five minutes felt like. 30 minutes. It's just like time slowed down yeah. and really the joy. People are jumping on it. And people just, came up to jump on yeah, it. Yeah, and I just sort of stepped back in that moment. The whole day I was hustling. I wasn't really present through that day, to be honest. I was just cause was always like on my edge, like, okay, making sure the cops don't come. Like, okay, people are going. Like, But in that moment, I was able to like really step back and just look back and just take it all in. And it was a really beautiful moment, just seeing people like tap into their inner child. I was like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, to be part of that. It was really nice. Um, so that's the second video. Okay, second video. Ooh, I mean, okay, I mean, I'll be amiss to say like the, one, the, the makeover, you know, and okay. the Super Soul Party. That that was really, I would say, that genre, or whatever you want to say, like those types of videos really touched me because, yeah, it's just another element, and it's it's of just of 
yeah, human connection, and, and, and what's really brought me now to this new stage where I never thought I would like open up a nonprofit, be part of that world. And it's you know it's funny like how where life takes you. So that's really yeah. been a really enriching experience to be part of. So I would say that that's would be really, my third. Yeah, that's really dope. Yeah. So I know that you've done a little tra bit of traveling with your videos. Also, is there like a is there like a favorite story that you have from a trip that you were on uh, producing mm. a video? Yeah. Like outside um, of America. Outside of America, yeah. I mean, I do do a lot of traveling, um, and some of them does, do, does come with video creation. Um, you know, more recently, um, I'm thinking right now, um, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I mean tra travel-wise, I have done a couple of videos, but I think I really go back to... Um, the one where I just like danced around, um, I just really just, it was me just dancing around the world pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so I just like did this dance, um, um, around, yeah, all the places where I was traveling. So I went around like South America, but really what the one video that I created was with, uh, for my boy Oshri. Okay. Um, now that I think about it. So he's, um, incredible human being. He has muscular dystrophy, MD. So his muscles are shutting down. He's, he's stuck into, in a wheelchair. And he loves traveling, but he's also limited to where he can travel. So we've done some cruises to like Mexico, the Bahamas, and whatnot. But uh, I did this trip around South America. So what I did is I I, um, I blew up a picture of him, like a three foot poster. Okay. And um, and I carried it with me. And wherever I went through South America, I was like sort of do my activities with him. Yeah. I climbed like six thousand meter mountains with and like carrying him up. And I like, got people to like sign and give messages to him as if he was there, like talking That's about really the experience. Cool. And then I gave it to him at the end. So that was a fun like little travel video that you know, had some, you know, like, this was this close to me, and that, you know, that's, that's yeah, that, that really touched me, and I really uh, enjoy creating. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, are you excited for any upcoming videos? Yeah, so, like, I mean, I'm really excited, and now, like, I feel like the, the videos and the way I've been making videos have been evolving. Um, now I'm really interested, and I'm, I'm really ex excited to be creating content around mental health, mental okay. awareness, um, those yeah, are gonna so say a little bit about that, like what, what that entails for you. So what that entails for me is that I've been, I've had my own mental awareness and health um, journey over these past, I was, I mean, I've always, always, want, always been one to lean into uh, self-development and like try to figure myself out and how to grow, but like I really feel like I've been honing down and getting a lot of breakthroughs over these past couple of years. More, even more specifically, over the past eight months, nine months, okay. um, and so, so stepping into that, sharing that journey, sh breaking down stigmas around the voices in one has depression, addiction, um, people, um, the way we view ourselves, the way people view others, just really pulling off the mass of okay. society, um, and I th and vulnerability, step leading to vulnerability. Big Brene Brown fan, you know, yeah. like yeah. Shout out to Brene Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love you. Um, so like. So really, like that whole, all those conversations, um, I'm just really into. And I used to hide up behind the fact of just always being happy and positive. And I do believe in that. I, th yeah. I, I believe that's, it takes a lot of work. But I, I, it came to a point where I think it was, people were losing connection with that. Like, oh, man, are you always happy and positive? Right. All my videos were just like on that, in a way, superficial level. Sure. Um, and so, and I was afraid to do anything other than that. I was like, oh, this is my brand. I must hold on to it. And people, I, people need a place where it's just only happiness. But... 
I just realized I came to a point in my own development where I was like, it's I think it's more it's, it's more real and, and people connect with more. It's, it's with it's with the journeys. Like sure. even on the days that you don't feel happy to either push through or to not to be aware of how you're feeling, what's going on, to be in touch with one's emotions. Um, and so I wanted to share more of that because that, that's where my mindset is right now. That's where I'm at right now in life. And and to not talk about that or to not develop that it would wouldn't feel authentic. I just, sure. So. Um, so it's, it may be a bit different, it may have a different tone to my other videos, but I'm, ex I'm excited for it. As well as I have been leaning into some of my older types of videos, on the street types of videos okay. where... Um, Still like experimental? Experimental, yeah, and it's fun because I do love that. So like, for example, the other day I teamed up with um, Max I mean, it's an ice cream store out of, out of Flushing, and I had a friend, um, DJ Brots Brotsky, he's a DJ, we set up a DJ booth, an ice cream booth, and we got people to dance for free ice cream. That's cool. So just like to spread some good positive summer vibes, and then I teamed up with, um, just last week we filmed this, um, with Body of Art, incredible okay. talented woman. Um, and check them out, the body of art. She came and took, we, we had an actor, Chris, and he uh, was painted up as a statue. We put the statue out in uh, New York City, and next to the statue, there were three different um, like, uh, titles you could put under the statue, the thinker, the sayer, and the doer. And um, it was interactive art piece where people were able to put this, you know, either the thinker, and uh, if they put the thinker under the statue, Chris, he would turn into the thinker. And if the sayer, he would start talking about things that he was going to do or he's going, you know, one day do. Yeah. And then if put someone to the doer, he would just walk off. And the whole idea of that was people had, to, you know, had different reactions to it. But the idea, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that means, Chloe? <laughs> I can imagine people having different reactions, especially the walking off part. They're like, where'd he go? Like, yeah, what is he going to come back? Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, the idea was the idea is that we could think, we could say, we could, but it's all about action. It's about getting up and doing it. And so it's just like leaning. So more of those types of types of. Um, uh, Performance art um, or or messages that really to help people get to think about what they're doing with their life, or they or you know tapping into the full power to step into the uncomfortability, um, and not to say those who are just you know I don't say just cruising but just going with the flow that's okay too like there's you know everybody has their pace their their rhythm um, I know for myself um, I get I, I get anxiety when I don't when I when I know I'm just like doing just a bare minimum. So, okay. um, so it was just really sharing messages that resonate with me and, if, and, and sharing that with others um, through, through, what I, through the form of video, which I loved, loved doing. Are there any uh, organizations you're excited to work with that are going to be involved in like the mental health space? You know, so this is, uh, that's a great question. I would love to, I'm open to it. I don't, I don't have anybody specific right now okay. um, that, that I'm working with or, or know of, to be honest. Um, right now, I've just really been a working on, on myself. I've taken, I've taken, I've been doing creating videos now for these past couple months during the summer. But until then, really, I've been sort of off social media and working on okay. on self. So um, this is all really new and fresh, which I'm really excited about, and I'm starting to develop these new videos and new ideas. But I, I and yes, I would love to work with organizations, and I'm going to start doing that kind of research to say, hey, you know, our missions align, and how can we help each other to uh, to to bring this uh, important message to the, to the masses. So you just said that you were off social media a bit. What's like the, in, in your experience, what's the proper balance? Because you are a social media influencer, but because you're also like aware of like mental health development, like what is the proper balance in terms of being on and off social media and how it contributes to mental health development in your experience? 
My experience, I would say rigorous honesty. Um, okay. Rigorous honesty and accountability. So having that with a partner, with self, but usually also someone who's outside, who you could trust, who will call you out on your stuff. So, um, so yeah, it, there is that paradox because, like, you know, my whole, my, my brand, a big part of my brand is on social media, and, um, and I use that a lot. And, and, and so until it came to a point where, A, two things happened. I was just getting so fixated on, like, the numbers and the whole game about that. So, like, my mood was about how, if it was high, it was great. If, if the numbers were high, my mood was high. If it was low, it was low. Yeah. Um, it also came to a place of inauthentic, inauthenticity because I was posting and sharing videos about certain moods where I necessarily wasn't in. Okay. So I really had to take a step back and like just you know like whoa, what's going on here? What's this all about? What is my voice? I sort of lost that direction. Um, and so, um, and what did that work look like? It, it looked like and it looks like therapy, journaling, meditating, mm -hmm. um, just different actions of a going coming out of myself. Um, out of my own head, because when I find, usually when I find, where, when I'm in my own head, it's not a great neighborhood to hang out in. Okay. You know, it's good to, for me, it's good to have a mentor, good to have people to lean on. So, um, so to having that um, professional help and also a good friend or a mentor, someone who I look up to and respect and perhaps will give me advice that unless I do what I want to do, but I'm like, okay, it's, you know, put my own ego aside and, and trust. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, journaling is helping really me, helping taking my thoughts, bringing down on paper and all that. And then and meditating is just to be okay and not being attached to my own thoughts. Um, loving headspace these days. Okay. Yeah. How, how often do you meditate? So, um, also not to be hard on myself, headspace is helping. <laughs> not, so, yeah, yeah, I yeah. get into my streaks where I'm like able to get, you know, seven, eight days in a row. Oh, and nice. then um, sometimes I don't, um, I'll miss, you know, I'll miss like a few days. Yeah. But um, for me, I find my flow is best for me in the morning. Um, also, physical activity has been incredible so like right now i have a, a goal marathon new york marathon okay. um november 3rd so right now i've been running so running has been super therapeutic and also just breaking that sweat doing something very very hard physically in the morning for me yeah. helps me do the hard stuff mentally throughout the day it's like okay i already get, if i did something very hard in the morning I'm like okay i already gone through that already right. my body's also more relaxed I've, i put a bunch of my energy towards something so i just feel more calm and so that's been really helpful as well. And now I'm just more, so coming back on social media, I feel like now I'm, I, it doesn't run my day. I run, I run the day. I'm in control of what goes on. Yeah. I'm not attached to the number game as well, as, as much as, as really as I used to. Um, I, I'll share something, I'll post something. It's really for the, the post for what that message is. And I don't go back and really look at it. Yeah. Um, I'll go that's back maybe an hour later or two just to reply just to some to comments. Yeah. Um, but really, that's, and I move on to the next thing. It's great. It's out there. Um, I see that with my video creation. I used to be very anxious when it comes to, even within the process of it, want to get it done to the next thing. But like now, I'm yeah. like, okay, just for the sake of creating the video, creating the space that we did, let's say, a social experiment in New York City, great. It affected X amount of people, 10, 20, 100 or so people came through that. Awesome. Now, if the video does well, great. It'll, the more masses I see it, if it affects them, awesome. If not, cool. Yeah. Move, you know, we already did the mission. Yeah. Um, and even now, when I'm away from my phone, when I'm not on social media, if I miss a day of storing, it's all good. Like, life doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I don't have anxiety now with away from my phone. If my phone dies, like, it's cool. It's yeah. awesome. It's a tool. So I don't hate on it. It's a, it's, it's something that is an extension of me that I can really help and develop my own craft and connect with people. And, and that's what it's there for. That's really cool. I was just at this insane party in Brooklyn this weekend and I left my phone at someone's house. Um, and I, I was like totally fine. Like I was gone for like six hours. And I, just just knowing, obviously, that it like where it was was enough for me to just be fine with me not having it on me. 
the entire time. And I'm trying to, to develop healthier habits with the phone where I'm like having it less and less or like having it on airplane mode and stuff like that because I do think that it can sometimes condition us to believe that certain things matter or have value when they don't. It's all like in our heads. It's all like a social construct. So when you said like putting out videos that like if it does well, like even does well is an arbitrary social construct or creation of our imagination, right? Mm. So like I, I think that that's really important, especially with the work that I do. I know that like teenagers especially are or in many cases adversely affected by social media, especially like there's been all these statistics that show that young young girls are having increased feelings of anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts because of the effects of social media because it's creating these like impossible standards of perfection that don't really exist. So yeah, I definitely echo that same sentiment and like I, w- I wish there were other, uh, I well it couldn't be apps because Ironically, like Headspace is for meditation, but it's on your phone still, right? right? So yeah. I wish there were other like s- programs that could encourage us to get off our phone. Maybe they could be somehow built into the phone where it's like an app that says like get off of me or like <laughs> put me down or something like that. Yeah. You know? I think I think there are certain things like that actually okay. now that are, that you could like certain apps or now you could like download or that sort of shut down certain things or certain abilities for your phone. Uh, reminders or whatnot, um, but yeah, so I think it's a really important message that's being echoed now by um, by different people who have you know on who are on social media with their voices and you know in it when I you know when I was in that guck and I was in that depression and confusion and like that angst I hated it and didn't want to be it but now of course looking back in it I had to go through that to get to where I am today to get that awareness to get to that place of, of right now so it's just and also I'm just practicing a lot of like you know stop me not, not beating myself up and not yeah. you know I mean regretting you know my past because you know it's all part of that narrative of, 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 of where I am today and life is happening right now it's yeah. not happening in the past it's not happening in the future <laughs> low key daybreaker <laughs> hey, 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 hey. so right. for those of you listening Meir and I used to go to daybreaker a lot and and they always say that life is happening in front of you. Right. Um, get yes. off the phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I so love shout it. out to Daybreaker and Boom. Daybreaker culture. Love that. that. Love Daybreaker. And I love, and I, it's really, um, yeah. so I mean, uh, and surrounding, uh, going out to more of these types of community, like uh, whatever dance parties or just communities, getting myself in places and finding like-minded individuals. I also found myself like, wait a second, I was around people who always fed me these messages of like, okay, social media, you gotta do, 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 I was like, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. And I, w- when I was in it, I didn't, I didn't see it. But once I took a step back, I was like, okay, who am I surrounded with? What are the voices and the people surrounding me? What are they saying? And so like just placing myself in healthier environments with healthier activity, with healthier people and minds, just keeps me in that mindset and flow. Yeah, I've also noticed, that's interesting, sort of like we forget how the power is in our hands to curate our own communities. Right, so like I've noticed, like even on social media, my audience, so to speak, has shifted a bit from like one type of audience to a, an audience focused on mental health. So as my focus change, my audience changes, right? And mm. so it's it's also within our power to curate and create um, and contribute to like the people who we want to be around, right? And so like we don't necessarily think of it that way, but mm. it really is within our grasp to to change that and affect that. 
Yeah, you're right. And I mean, I feel like sometimes I know I shied away from that kind of empowerment or power from for myself sure. um, and stepping into that and it's 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 a journey and it's a and yeah it's, it's been a learning process but you're absolutely correct it's like it's, stop playing victim and, and taking taking control take of one's charge, life yeah. taking charge yeah. uh, last question for you any advice you have for young people who want to be influencers but influencers in sort of like the same genre that you're in positivity um, healthy lifestyle what advice would you give them to get started and like really try to to create a brand around that sort of thing? Fantastic, yeah, fantastic question. I, I want, so um, what I, I one of the influencers I love, um, a content creator is Prince EA, okay. and he and he came out with this. He talked, I forgot where he was talking exactly, but he was saying like, what influencer? What are you influencing exactly? Are you influencing okay. people that they have to look beautiful and pretty and like to buy a certain product and yeah. a product that you don't even believe in? Like, what what kind of message are you influencing on? And it's, it's a really powerful tool. So I think anybody starting off. Um, and this is just from my own experience and just from my own my own journey through it all, is to is to really a just a don't do your voice in your head and just go for it whatever you want to do just like take action like we were just talking about like you can think about it you can talk about it yada 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 but just take that action I know there's maybe a lot of fear there but also while you're taking that action and, and even if you don't have the per have the perfect idea yet do it. But also be aware, like figure out what you know, and the process is only through doing. But like, what do what are you passionate about? What do you want to share? What is your voice? And don't get don't get anxiety around like, oh my god, I don't know, I don't know. But like, really just think about it. Like, talk around. What excites you? You know, what excites you? Is it video games? You know, is it is it mental awareness? Is it you know, cooking and and health and. Whatever it may be, there's so many things out there, um, different hobbies. And yes, it may be out there, but it doesn't have your voice, your take on it. Any single person, and you go to the Barnes and Nobles or any bookstore, and you go to the autobiography section, those are people, those are books about people who did incredible things, yes, but they are still people. They came from a womb, they were born, they had, they went through the process, and they have a human condition. Like, there's no reason why you can't do anything that has a massive impact on your life, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, end up being a, a book written about you, right. right? It doesn't have to, it's not necessarily about the mass numbers, but it's really, what I'm learning is that really connecting with that one individual, that one person. If someone comes over to you and say, wow, my day was better because of something that you've done, it's, 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 that's so amazing, it's so powerful. You've been in service to the world. You've shift, shifted somebody's mind and mindset. So I think what you'll feel most alive by doing something that you're passionate about, you're happy about, um, that, that brings you joy, and, um, and start creating, start influencing people in that, mind, in that way, and then, there's no doubt about it that the world creates space for passionate people. And you'll just, you know, consistency, just showing up um, for yourself, for your passion. There'll be momentum around that. And don't be hard on yourself, you know. It's just, and reach out, reach out for people. But I think ultimately it's just about, like, figuring out what it is that you love and keep doing it. Awesome. Well, Ma'ara, thank you so much for joining the Theory of Enchantment podcast. By the way, just want to let you know, I just started DJing this year. Woo! So. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to boogie woogie. Do you have a DJ name? Or? Paradox. Paradox. Yeah. Yo! So love if it. you ever want to partner for like some social experiment that you're doing and you need a DJ, hit me up. Boom. All right. Copy. Love All it. All right. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. The quote of the day comes from Ryan Holiday, who says in his book, The Obstacle is the Way, the following, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, 
and wherever we are going, we owe it to ourselves, to our art, and to the world to do it well. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Theory of Enchantment podcast. Be sure to tune in next week where we have a very special guest. We'll be interviewing our first musician, Mr. Oturo Moon, the founder and head of Ife, an incredible band I discovered a few years ago in 2017. Have a great rest of your week and take care. Thank you.